Okay, good morning. So if you are a visitor this morning, uh, my name is Gavin. I'm married to Haley, who did really well there, didn't she? Explaining baptism. It was great. Come on. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed it this morning. Whether you've come as a guest of the guys being baptised or there's another reason that you're here today, I really hope you've enjoyed it so far. I hope you felt relaxed and part of the family. And I hope you continue to enjoy this morning. Uh, I'm going to speak for a relatively short amount of time, so don't worry too much. Okay, I won't be up here too long. I just want to share a little bit uh, more about this, this Christian journey. Okay, so as a church, last week we started a new set of talks going through John's Gospel, one of the books of the Bible, which describes Jesus' life and ministry. And last week, Simon gave a really good introduction to the book of John, and we're going to be continuing that this morning, getting to a really interesting character called John the Baptist, pretty fitting for this morning. Okay, so this morning we're going to be talking about a guy called John the Baptist. But before I speak about anything to do with the Bible, I just want to share a quick story with you that I saw on Twitter this week. You might have seen it on the news. I'll put a picture up behind me. Um, This is a lady called Edna Newton. All right. Edna Newton died this week at the age of 94 years old. Okay, and don't boo, but she was a super fan of Leeds United Football Club. Okay. (laughs) I know, she she passionately followed Leeds United Football Club from the late 1930s and held a season ticket in the west end of Ellen Road ever since. Okay, she's been a super fan of Leeds since the 1930s. Her first ever season ticket cost her just £4 back in the 1930s. I don't know how much one of them cost you at the borough these days, but it's definitely not £4. Uh, She went to every single home game, despite the weather, despite what was going on in her life, despite how the team was performing. Year after year after year after year, she attended and passionately supported Leeds United Football Club through thick and thin. And she was interviewed shortly before she died and asked how she manages to afford a season ticket as a 94-year-old. And this is a response. I absolutely love it. She says, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't have a toy boy, and I don't back slow horses. That's how I do it. I mean, there's some life advice, right? (laughs) Edna devoted her whole life to Leeds United. I mean, imagine that, being a season ticket holder at a football club longer than most people would expect to be alive. This is a lady who knew what her main thing was. So her main thing in life was Leeds United. That football club meant absolutely everything to her. And I want to ask you a question this morning. If you had to describe the main thing in your life, like the main attraction, what would you say it was? So like, look at Edna. It's clear what her main thing was, but but what's yours? I'm talking about the main attraction. If someone stopped you in the street and said, sum up your life in one sentence, what would you say? So some people might say their job, their family, their children, their faith, their money, their partner. But what's your main thing? And as I'm going through this morning, I just want you to be thinking about that, thinking about what your main thing might be. Okay, but I'm going to read the passage from the Bible this morning. If you've got a Bible with you, we're going to be reading from John 1, starting from verse 6. And if not, the words are going to be appearing on the screen behind me. So there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, but he came only as a witness to the light. Skip to verse 15. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, This is the one who I spoke about. 
He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in a place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who himself is God and is in the closest relationship with the Father. He made him known. Now, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him then, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, well, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now, the Pharisees who'd been sent to question him um, said, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor a prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one who you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. Now, I am aware that I read an extra bit there that wasn't on the screen. I'm sorry. (laughs) So let me just, uh, there's a lot to get through there. But this morning, I just want to answer one question, okay? The one question I want to answer this morning is, who on earth is John the Baptist? All right, that's it. It's a one-point sermon this morning. Just one thing for you to remember and keep up with. Who on earth is John the Baptist? All right, if we answer that question by the end of this morning, we'll have done something right. Okay. See, what we have in this passage here is uh, a guy called John baptizing people, similar to what we've seen this morning, baptizing them by full immersion in the River Jordan. I was actually chatting to a lady this morning who said she's only ever seen one uh, full immersion baptism, and that was in the River Jordan. <laughs> so exactly the same place. I mean, what a first baptism to see, right? <laughs> So people would come to John the Baptist, repent of their sins, or say sorry for what they've done wrong, and John would baptize them. People would choose to turn away from their old life and choose to turn to God in preparation for God sending a saviour to the world. So these guys were coming to John in preparation for a saviour, and that's always been the way it works, okay? People say sorry for what they've done and then get baptised say sorry, get baptized. Check out this quote by a Christian writer called Andrew Wilson. He says this, he says, simple really, two things. Turn your life round to follow God and get drenched in water. Somehow, over generations, that very straightforward response became more complicated. Get circumcised, obey Jewish food laws, do penance, say certain prayers, read your Bible, believe certain doctrines, cut your hair, stop drinking. But none of those things were in the mix originally. All right, and baptism is really, really important. It's amazing that these guys this morning decided to get baptised because baptism is a vital part of Christianity. Does getting baptised make you a Christian? No, as Haley has already said, these guys were already Christians. What baptism does, though, is show publicly the transformation that's happened within you spiritually. It's an important part of the Christian faith. And it was an important part of the lives of the guys who got baptised by John the Baptist as well. The only difference was these guys were getting baptised in preparation of Jesus coming. The guys who got baptised this morning already know Jesus. See, John was used by God to baptise people who wanted to turn away from their old life. 
John was baptizing them as a way of preparing them. That was John's main job to do, to prepare people for meeting Jesus. Because when you meet someone really important, it's, it's important to be prepared, isn't it? Like, you don't want to get caught cold when you meet someone really important, do you? Let me tell you a quick story, okay? So I have a favorite rock band called Switchfoot. I'm a massive fan of Switchfoot, okay? If you've never heard of them, then check them out. Sue's a fan, I love that. All right, um, if you've heard me speak before, you'll have heard me mention Switchfoot, okay? Their music constantly inspires me, cheers me up when I'm having a bad day. I'm a massive uh, fan of Switchfoot. And they're relatively big in America, but they very, very rarely come to the UK. So last year, when I did a tour of the UK and happened to be playing in Manchester on the day after my birthday, there was absolutely no way I was going to miss it. I had to be at that concert. My only problem was, none of my friends like Switchfoot. My other problem was, Haley didn't want to come with me. She gave some terrible excuse about having a newborn baby or something. She said, you can't take a four-month-old baby to a rock concert. So I thought, what do I do? Do I go along to a rock concert on my own, or do I entice someone else into coming with me? And that's what best mates are for. So my friend Sam had never heard a Switchfoot song before, but he was dragged all the way to Manchester on a cold October evening with me to see Switchfoot. And as we're walking to the venue, we stopped off to get some food. I had this amazing burrito in this amazing burrito restaurant. Okay, and as we left the restaurant, walking towards the venue, I looked down the street and saw someone coming towards me. And he was getting closer and closer. And I was like, that's the lead singer of Switchfoot. That's John Foreman. And, and I grabbed Sam's arm and said, Sam, Sam, that's them. That's Switchfoot. That's them. And then they walked closer and they walked past us. And I did what every self-respecting adult does. And I chased after him like a fangirl. <laughs> I was not prepared at all. I didn't have my phone out. But I ran up. I, I panted. I grabbed John by the arm and said, John, John, I love you. I love your music. Can I have a picture? I think I said that. I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> I was not prepared at all. He replied in the coolest American accent. He was like, oh, it's cool, man. It's going to be great tonight. Let's have a picture. Got my phone out. I wasn't prepared at all. I was shaking. Do you want to see the selfie that I took? <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst picture. Why are you clapping? That's the worst picture ever. <laughs> What's going on with my jaw? I look like a pelican or something. And it's not even a good picture of John. The picture's blurry. It's terrible. This is what happens when you're not prepared. I had missed my big moment. Hey, I still spoke to John Noss. That was cool. So that's a daft story. But the point is this, okay? It's important to be prepared when you meet someone important. It was similar with Jesus. These people needed to be prepared to meet with Jesus. And that's what they were doing by being baptized. And that was John the Baptist's main job, to help with that pro process of preparing people to meet Jesus. He had an extremely important role in preparing the way for the Messiah. But who was he as a man? See, when we look um, into John the Baptist, we get quite a picture painted about him. Because he was actually part of the Christmas story, believe it or not. The first that we hear about John is in the, in the Gospel of Luke, in the Christmas story, where um, Mary goes to visit her cousin, Elizabeth, who's also pregnant. And we get this fascinating story where the baby in Elizabeth's tummy leaps for joy when he hears Mary's voice. I mean, that's mad, a baby leaping for joy in the, in the, in the mum's tummy. So when my wife was pregnant with our little one, we saw plenty of elbows and arms. I didn't ever see Eden jump for joy in her tummy. But it's an amazing story. That baby who jumped for joy, that little fetus, that was uh, John the Baptist. 
And what we can see is John the Baptist is actually related to Jesus. He's Jesus' cousin, and they were born at a pretty similar time, within a year or so of each other. But what else do we know about John the Baptist? Well, we know that he must be pretty important, and he must be an important part of Jesus' story, because he's mentioned in all four of the Gospels. He's mentioned in all four of the stories, the records of Jesus' life. And when we look across these four Gospels, we can learn some more interesting facts about him. So one of the things we learn about him is that he had some strange habits and strange ways. So he wore clothes made of camel's hair, and he ate wild locusts and honey. On the face of it, without knowing it, you'd think he's pretty strange, wouldn't you? I mean, who wears uh, camel's hair and eats locusts? But that's what he did, okay? We also see that John wasn't afraid to be a little bit controversial. In Luke's gospel, we see him arguing with some religious leaders and using one of my favorite insults in the whole Bible when he refers to them as a a brood of vipers. This was a guy who wasn't afraid to hold back on his words. And the significance of that is massive because the religious leaders at that time just weren't spoken to like that. People respected and even feared the religious leaders. You didn't go around calling these guys a bunch of snakes unless you had something about you. All right, so John wasn't afraid to be a little bit controversial. And the religious leaders, they didn't like John because John the Baptist worried them. See, on the face of it, he seemed to be starting some unorthodox religious movement, talking about a Messiah coming very soon, talking about himself as a voice in the wilderness. And that led the religious leaders to question him more in order to figure out who exactly this guy was. He worried them because people were clearly getting excited about this guy. People were clearly getting excited about John the Baptist, clearly getting excited about this coming Messiah. And what if the religious leaders thought, what if John was this Messiah? So because of that, he was a bit of a controversial character. Another thing we see about John the Baptist is that he was incredibly popular. Something about this man really stood out and appealed to people. We know that because in the book of Mark, it talks about the whole Judean countryside coming out to see him. I mean, that's popularity, isn't it? The whole countryside coming out to see you. And I think it's really important, that point about him being popular. Because it seems to me, God was preparing people's hearts. So people were following this John because they were searching for something. God was preparing their hearts for something even more significant. And that's why John was popular. God was preparing hearts for something or even someone even more significant. And you know what? I think God does that. God does prepare our hearts. So like, I think about my own story and my, my own kind of journey to faith. I had no reason to look for God. I was just a normal guy, a normal young guy from Darlington. God wasn't on my radar. But for a couple of years as a teenager, God started to put different people in my life who helped prepare my heart to meet him. So like a friend who invited me to a Christian youth group, some youth leaders who seemed pretty normal, some good-looking girls in the church. God was using different people to prepare me for meeting with him. God was preparing my heart. And it was the same with the guys in this story. God was preparing their hearts, and that's why John the Baptist was so popular. 
But even though he was popular, another thing we see about John the Baptist, and something that really stands out, is his humility. Okay, he was a humble guy. I read this commentary on John's Gospel by a guy called Bruce Milner, and this is what he said about John the Baptist. It's on the screen behind me. He said, despite the very tangible effects of his preaching ministry and the consequent widespread respect he gained, he remains totally unaffected by his success. He is conscious only that he serves in preparation for the coming Messiah, beside whose ministry his own is almost totally insignificant. See, John the Baptist wasn't interested in fame. He wasn't interested in success or adoration. He knew what his task was, and he stuck to it. He knew what God had called him to do, and he made sure nothing distracted him from that task. And I think there's a lesson in that for all of us. You know, even as Christians, what has God called you to? What has God called you to? What's your calling? Are you clear on that? Are you sticking to that? Is that the main thing you're focusing on? See, John wasn't the main thing. And that leads us on to the main point I want to tell you about John this morning. The main thing we need to know about John the Baptist is that he wasn't Jesus. All right? He was good. The work he was doing was good. He was preparing the way for Jesus, yes, but the fact remains that he wasn't Jesus. As John says about it in himself in there, verse 27, he says, Among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps on whose sandals I am unworthy to untie. See, John recognized that although he was doing a good work, he was not the main attraction. And that's an important thing. See, Jesus is always the main attraction. Always. He is the only one who offers the complete package. It's all about Jesus. Do you know, you can search in different places. You can look at spirituality. You can look at different ways to be happy. But all of that eventually comes up short in comparison with Jesus. Jesus is the only one who offers the complete package. See, John the Baptist was able to baptize people when they said sorry for what they'd done. But John the Baptist wasn't God. He couldn't actually forgive sins, not like Jesus. Jesus was God. He was able to forgive people and offer them eternal life. John was just preparing the way for Jesus. He never claimed to be anything other than a voice in the wilderness. The story wasn't even about John. John was just a side note in the main story about Jesus. So I've answered the question this morning. We all know who John the Baptist was. In short, he wasn't Jesus. If you remember nothing else from this morning, you can know that. John the Baptist and Jesus aren't the same person. Hopefully you've learned a little bit more about John than that, though. See, the Bible is clear when it comes to questions about salvation and about knowing Jesus. The Bible's so clear that the answer is Jesus. So he was the answer back then. He's been the answer for the people who got baptized today, and he'll be the answer for all eternity. It's literally all about Jesus, and that's one thing that will never change. And you know what? When we realize that it's all about him, that calls for a response. When we realize that Jesus is more than just a historical figure, a response is required. 
Like in the Bible, it was literally to follow him, to pack up and follow him physically, give up everything and follow him. And it's the same for us today. We're called to give up everything to follow him. It looks a little bit different for us today. For us, it's more of a spiritual thing. We don't have to leave home all the time. But we need to give up everything to follow him. See, in the same way that Edna from earlier, the Leeds United fan, in the same way that she knew her main thing that she lived for, Leeds United, we need to know what our main thing is. And that has to be Jesus. See, when you figure out that Jesus really is who he says he is, it's a no-brainer. Jesus needs to become the main thing in your life. He needs to be. See, when you become a Christian... What you're saying is that your life is no longer your own. You now belong to Christ. You are his. So you give up everything to him. Not in a religious way that says you can't enjoy your life, but in a way that says you know where true freedom comes from. True freedom comes from giving up everything to follow the one who offers true freedom. When you become a Christian, you choose to follow God with every part of your life, no matter what that costs. Each of the people who got baptised this morning had that choice to make previously, and they made it. And we've all got that same decision to make at some point. Joe, it was the same for me when I became a Christian. Some of you, a lot of you know my story, but in order to follow Jesus, I had to give up years of, of hatred towards my, my dad, who, who walked out on us, and my stepdad, who abused us. I had to give up years of anger and I had to give up this desire and hope and want for revenge and these guys and getting even. I had to give up all of that when I became a Christian. But let me tell you, when you have Jesus in your life, everything else becomes insignificant. When I realised that I had Jesus in my life, hatred and anger and revenge None of that stuff matters anymore in comparison to Jesus. Holding on to hatred and unforgiveness, none of that mattered anymore in comparison to Jesus. Giving that stuff up was natural to me. It wasn't easy, but it was natural to me because Jesus became the main thing for me. It was no longer about me, but it was about Jesus. And that's such an important point. I don't know what your thoughts are about Jesus, about faith, but I just want to encourage you to look more into him because when you, when you realise who Jesus is, you can realise that the problems that you've got in your life, the things that are holding you back, the, the, the troubles that you face, all of that is insignificant in comparison to him. And it's a helpful thing to remember, even if you've been a Christian for a long time, let me just ask you, does every part of your life reflect the change that God's made in your heart? You've given up everything to follow Jesus. Does every part of your life reflect the change that God's made in your heart? The conversations that you have, the places you spend your time, the people you have in your life, do these things reflect a life that's been fully transformed by God? And if they don't, maybe you've got some work to do there. Look, I want to end this morning. I told you I wasn't going to speak for long. I want to end this morning with a bit of a challenge. Uh, if the band could come up, that'd be great. In the same way that John was preparing the way for Jesus, he wasn't the main thing. If you focused on John the Baptist, you would miss Jesus. 
you would miss the main thing. And I just want to urge you this morning and just encourage you not to miss the main thing. Please don't miss the main thing this morning. If you've come along um, today for the baptisms, please don't think that the baptisms are the main thing. Please don't think the singing or the talk or the donuts or the hospitality, please don't think any of that is the main thing. Please be aware that it's all about Jesus. He is the main thing. It's down to Jesus that we're here today. He is the reason. Please don't miss the main thing this morning. If you've never thought about Jesus or asked the question about whether he could be relevant to your life, please think about it this morning. Be careful that you don't miss the main attraction. See, when you follow Jesus, you realise that without him, life just doesn't make sense. Everything points back to him. And for me, that's the, that's the key. It's literally all about Jesus. Please don't miss the main attraction this morning. That's all I want to say. Look, we're going to sing uh, a second, uh, sing a final song. But if you want to know more about Jesus, if you want to know more about this main attraction, and please speak to the person who brought you this morning. Or please come and speak to me or some of the guys at the front, and we'd love to share a little bit more about Jesus with you. So please, can I encourage you to stand? I'd love to pray, and then we're going to um, sing um, and take up our offering as well during our final song. Lord, I thank you so much that it's all about you. God, that simple truth just means everything, Lord. I thank you that it's all about you for the guys who've been baptised this morning, God. I thank you that they've recognised that it's all about you. And Lord, I just want to pray for each of us this morning, Lord. Would we get fresh revelation that it's all about you, God, Lord? Lord, sometimes we can make Christianity and faith so complicated that we miss the main thing. Lord, I want to pray this morning. Would you help us to grasp the main thing that's all about you, Jesus? Lord, as we leave here today, I just pray, would we leave encouraged knowing that it's all about you? Lord, I speak to the hearts of anyone who maybe doesn't know you yet, Lord Jesus. Would you be speaking to them? They recognize something about you, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your name, Lord.